With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 6 of The Submarine Boys on Duty. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. The Submarine Boys on Duty by Victor G. Durham Chapter 6 Along the Trail of Trouble I wonder if we shall find our man at home, remarked Jack Benson, as he and his chum drove over the road to Waverley Centre in the early evening. I wonder if he'll settle the bill, rejoined Hal. If he has the money and doesn't settle, it'll show what poor collectors we are, laughed Jack. Very few men keep $800 around the house, objected young Hastings, and our man won't have that amount in cash either. I'd be almost afraid to take that amount of real money at night. If Mr. Forrester is willing to do something pleasant for us, it will be in the form of a check, of course. I'd like to come out all right with Mr. Forrester, of course, Hal admitted, but to tell the truth, I have been thinking much about Jack, old fellow, all my real thoughts are on our wonderful chance to be part of the trial crew of the Pollard. Same here, admitted Benson. Say, money does look rather small, compared with a chance like ours now, doesn't it? So they hardly mentioned Mr. Forrest in the rest of that cool, delightful drive. Arrived at Waverley Centre, however, they had to inquire the way to the Forrester house. They found it a comfortable, though not pretentious, house. The owner was at home and saw them at once. "'May we see you alone, Mr. Forrester?' asked Jack Benson, respectfully. "'Is it as bad as all that?' laughed their host. A pleasant-faced, rather bold man past forty. "'Come into my little den, then.' He conducted them to a small room that looked as though it served partly the purposes of library and partly of office. "'Now, what can I do for you?' inquired Mr. Forrester. "'We represent Mr. Farnham of Dunhaven,' began Jack slowly. "'Farnham? Oh, yes, the boat-builder. "'He must know that I don't want anything new in his line, "'and on any other business I imagine he would have sent someone, uh, older. "'Mr. Farnham believed you would find it wholly convenient now "'to settle the account for the last bill,' Benson went on. "'slipping the statement from an inner pocket "'and laying it on the desk before Mr. Forrester. "'That gentleman frowned slightly. "'I trust we haven't called at the wrong time "'and that it will be wholly convenient for you this evening,' "'Jack continued. "'But see here, young man, I know nothing about you. 
you have the bill true but it is not receipted i will receipt it in mr farnham's name all well and good replied mr forrester but pardon me how do i know that you have any authority to receipt for this account then i think you will appreciate my painstaking care to make everything regular and satisfactory laughed jack very quietly here is a paper signed by mr farnham authorizing me to receipt this account in his name you may keep this authorization along with the receipt mr forrester it is growing late and we are obliged to be at business early in the morning you will oblige us by letting us have your check won't you benson spoke as though he had not a doubt of immediate settlement yet his tone and his manner were such as not to give the least offence to the man who was being dunned why this uh, is rather a late time in the day to collect bills hinted mr forrester in an uncertain voice had the matter not been just a little pressing we wouldn't have ventured over as late benson replied softly however you understand what i would say don't you mr forrester there was something about the young speaker's manner his tone the look in his eyes that proclaimed him to be anything but a quitter mr forrester began to feel that if he succeeded in evading payment this evening he would only have to see these young men frequently well you see benson he said at last i don't want to draw for such a sum against my check account before tomorrow i think we could come again tomorrow if we have to responded young benson as though thinking it over i am going to make a deposit in my bank in the morning continued the man then we are to come again tomorrow evening insisted jack why hang it no if you'll take cash instead of check i can let you have the money tonight but that gentleman added under his breath i may as well settle tonight as have them coming again tomorrow why certainly we'll take the cash tonight replied young benson his face beaming at thought of how easily a fine commission was to be earned as part of an evening's pleasure mr forrester having made the offer began secretly to regret it he was a man who meant to pay his debts but just now he felt that he would really like to have the money to use in other directions jack however began to suspect that some such thought was in the other's mind with your permission mr forrester said the boy reaching over the desk i'll borrow one of your pens in a firm clear hand jack benson promptly receipted the bill dating the receipt as well and fixing his own name as the collector now that's all done smiled jack pleasantly putting back the pen blotting the fresh ink and passing the paper half forward stifling a sigh mr forrester rose going to his safe a few turns of the combination lock and he pulled the steel door open nine hundred and fifty dollars that came in this afternoon i intended to bank it in the morning he said then began to count if a burglar broke in tonight and cracked the safe he added with a laugh i'd be glad in the morning that i had settled this bill with cash jack received the bills with a rapidly beating heart he counted them found the amount correct and passed half the money to hal hastings for safety hal he suggested i think we'd better divide the money and then each of us put half of his own pile in each shoe 
Mr. Forrester watched with something like an amused smile as the two youngsters crossed the room, removing their shoes and putting small packets of bills down inside. I suppose that's an order that a hold-up artist would pass the money by, he chuckled. Well, boys, I wish you a safe journey back with your money. We don't often have any hold-ups on these quiet roads, anyway. Before leaving, Jack took pains to thank his host again, very courteously, for the settlement of the account. Then the boys went outside, untied the horse, got into the buggy, and drove away. "'Well, that's pretty smooth profit for one evening,' laughed Jack, as he turned the horse's head into the highway. Forty dollars you make in one evening,' commented Hal. Twenty apiece, you mean, old fellow. You were with me in this, but I didn't have to do any of the talking, or anything else. Just the same, Hal. You know we're still partners.' "'Phew!' said Hastings uneasily. "'I shall be nervous until we reach Mr. Farnham's house and hand him the money.' Hold up a minute, Jack, while we're near houses. What's the game? inquired Benson, as his chum leaped down into the road and began to rummage about. These may be of some use to us in the buggy, just possibly, replied Hal, returning with a half-dozen stones the size of hen's eggs, which he placed on the seat between them. It's the only form of arms we have, Jack, he whispered, and we're carrying a heap more money than we could make good in a long time. "'We've only got a few miles to go,' laughed Jack easily. "'Besides, who'd ever think of holding up boys? "'And no one but Mr. Forrester knows that we have the cash.' "'In the first five miles that they drove from Waverley Centre, "'the boys passed only two other horse-drawn vehicles and one automobile. "'Then, suddenly, the keen ears of both boys heard a sound "'as of some human being wailing in acute distress.' A moment later they came in sight of the cause of the sounds. A hatless, dirty, illy-dressed youngster of perhaps ten years stood by the roadside, howling and digging his soiled fists into his eyes as he blubbered. At sight of the horse and buggy, this small sample of human misery looked up to call appealingly, "'Hey! Oh, mister!' "'Well?' demanded Jack, reining in the horse. "'What's the matter?' Oh, mister, mister, it's me mother. What's the matter with her? Where is she? She's in there, pointing under the trees just off the road. We was walking along, and one of them otter bubbles must a hit her. She gave her a yell, then crawled into them bushes. She hain't said nothing lately, and oh, I'm dreadful scared. Poor little chap, muttered Jack, holding the reins to his friend. I'll go and see what's wrong. But Hal also jumped out, hastily hitching the horse. Then they followed their youthful guide in under the trees to a clump of bushes. There, in the dark, Jack and Hal saw a huddled mass of something lying on the ground. Benson was the first to bend over, but Hal, also peering intently, was close at his side. Why, this isn't anything human called Jack. It's just a... thump. A jarring blow fell upon him from behind, knocking the boy nearly unconscious. Hal, struck at the same moment, felt his head reel, and then did lose consciousness for a few moments. Ha-ha! Ho-ho! reared the elfin youngster, his tears suddenly given place to laughter as he fled. It was Joshua Owen, aided by his bullying nephew, Dan Jaggers, who had made this sudden, treacherous assault. 
that both were well prepared for the miserable trick was shown by the speed with which they tied the hands of the helpless boys behind them now bring your prize along directed owen jubilantly as he picked up hal hastings bearing that youth on his shoulder jaggers though not a giant was strong enough to do the same with jack benson further and further into the thicket they bore their captives pausing only once to gag their charges as soon as the latter showed a disposition to yell at last the rascally pair halted in the depths of the woods dumping their human burdens on the ground you're not the lightest thing i ever carried growled josh owen panting somewhat as he reached for his pipe and filled it now clicked dan jaggers shaking a dirty heavy fist over jack's face i can pay you back for that black eye and all the other mean things you've done to me you sneak oh we'll pay you both back gritted owen lighting his pipe and puffing and say i hear you're both slated for the launching of the pollard tomorrow and that you're to have a try as members of the crew well you won't be at the launching take it from me if ever you get back to dunhaven twon't be for many a day yet we've got a fine place to hide you near here nobody'll ever find you even if they take the trouble to look and as the days go by dan and me will take plenty of chance to show you just how we feel about you we'll pay you back with loads of interest yonkers for the mean things you've done to us as if to emphasize his spite owen gave each of them a kick as he stood over the boys glaring down at them in the minds of jack and hal torment was raging ordinarily it would have been bad enough to be certain of missing the launching of the submarine boat and of possibly losing their places in the crew but now a far greater terror assailed them they had collected the eight hundred dollars if they failed to appear and turn it over jacob farnum would have the best reason in the world for believing them defaulters wondering what i'm going to do to you you square matters ain't you demanded dan jaggers bending over and glaring into jack's eyes well go on guessing my hate's that great that i'm going to take plenty of time to think it over for i do a thing to you i guess first off dan observed his uncle you'd better go back to the road and leave that horse somewheres further off probably if you do it'll trot back into dunhaven and that'll be good enough got any money for liquor demanded dan i can get some and bring it back go through the boys pockets you ought to find some cash there hinted owen dan looted a few dollars from the pockets of each captive jack and hal however were satisfied that their captors knew nothing of the great sum of money they had collected and while i think of it dan continued owen you know where to leave them boys shoes you know who they'll fit josh owen started by unlacing jack's shoes roughly and hauling them off as he did so even in the darkness he saw something fall the ground money gasped josh owen in evil delight look at the piles of it hurry with your yonker dan maybe you'll have the same luck almost in a twinkling it seemed to the groaning captives the rascally pair had the whole sum of eight hundred dollars in their greedy hands now what would going back to dunhaven be like for these two hapless submarine boys even though they returned manfully at the first chance how would their story of having been robbed sound what a thin hollow mockery it would seem backed only by their own word 
to the two chums it almost seemed as though death would be sweeter end of chapter six